Anyway, praise God, man, man, man. God has just been blessing. Today I have got a very, very simple, practical message for you. The last three weeks, if you're looking for something really deep, today's not the day for that. Because if you, uh, if, if, if you want something deep, the last three messages that we had, man, about the presence of God, the power of God, and the guilt and shame and all that, man, go back and watch those messages. They're for you. If you hadn't seen them yet, please do. God has really been moving um, through those messages and, and touching people's lives. I'm getting you know, people talking about how it touched them and blessed them. And, uh, but today, I'm going to talk about a very practical message. I'm going to give you kind of an ABC message kind of thing on how to overcome stress and anxiety. I have had so many people talk to me over the last, well, the last year, definitely, obviously because of COVID and all that. But over the last couple weeks, this past week, Friday, Saturday a couple times, Sunday morning this morning already, you know, I mean, it's just, it's, I'm just, wow, you know, I've been stressed, we had a lot of stuff, I've had a lot of stuff going on, it comes with my job, it's okay, you know, and, and, and it's just, it's just, it's just what, it, it's what it's called for, but there's so much, so much people, so many people dealing with stress and anxiety, and, um, I, and I heard, a, I heard a story that there was this taxi driver, and he was driving a taxi, <clears throat> and it was his first day on the job. And the, um, he had a guy behind him, and the guy behind him just reached up on, on the, it was his thought was coming up, and he reached up and just touched, tapped the guy on the shoulder two times, tap, tap, and said, uh, sir, and all of a sudden the taxi driver just lost control. He screamed, bloody murder, and he swerved, swerved. He, he, he almost hit a car head on. He swerved him to the sidewalk and slammed on brakes and stopped inches before he hit a, before he hit a, a glass uh, uh, building, a, you know, business. And the guy said, sir, I'm so sorry. I was just trying to tell you that my, st my stop was coming up. He said, sir, it's not your fault at all. It's okay. This is my first day on the job. For 25 years, I've dro drew a driven a hearse, and they've never tapped me before. <laughs> so he thought, he, 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 he forgot it was his first day on the job. He thought he was still driving a hearse, and somebody tapped him. So, uh, but you know what? One thing, one thing, I'll tell you this right here. This is not one of my points, but it is a massive point. If you are stressed and you are anxious, the no, one, of the one, one of the number one things you can do is laugh. Get around. Find somebody. Call somebody that makes you laugh. Why, you, know, you know what? I've had some people that have told me they've had different things go on. They've had their spouse die and stuff like that. And they said, you know what got, got me through it? They said, I watched a Christian comedian, and I just sat there for hours every night and just laughed. And they said that, that, that laughter just, just it's release and it just helps and you cry and you laugh, you know. And it's amazing how much, um, how much that, that, that uh, laughter will help you. So if you're stressed today, you know, you know laugh. Go, pull up some, 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 some uh, different jokes, some, some dad jokes. It's just none of uh, Craig's dad jokes are horrible. But, um, you know, w watch a Christian comedian, or, watch, or maybe just a comedian that does, that's, that's clean, and, just, you know, and enjoy yourself and laugh. But anyway, but so, so many people have told me that, um, that the stress was going on, and you're like, well, hey, why, why, are things going, why are things so stressful? Because things are getting back a little bit the way they were. No, no, they're getting back, but not the way they were. And that's stressing people out. They're going back to their job. Everything's changed at their job. You know, people are different. People are acting different. People are sketched. And this right here, you know, pe you know, at churches, they're coming back, and things, things are a little bit different. And people are going to their work, and they're going to school, and, and everything, just everything's different. So they're going back to what, in their mind, says, okay, you're going back to normal, but nothing is normal there. You know, and because of that, it's causing extra anxiety. People have got extra things going on in their life. 
and, and it's just causing a lot of stuff. I try to be a very, very positive person. I'm always one to look at something um, like a glass of water half full. You know, I'm never a half-empty guy very often. You know, but, but the thing is, is I tend to, to, even though I do that, I tend to worry a lot. It's just by nature a lot of what happens to me, and I, I overanalyze things, and I overthink things. I was talking to somebody in the parking lot, came by Sunday, uh, I mean, I'm, on Friday, and they were saying the same thing. They said, oh, you too? And I said, yes, I'm an overanalyzer, an overthinker, and I'll think about things and sometimes create stories in my mind that, didn't, that aren't even true, right? Um, but, I, I, and, but I know that it's, it, it's hard sometimes to, to stop those things, and I have learned you know, because as pastor, I just, can't, I just can't keep doing that. So as a pastor, I have to learn to stop those thoughts, grab those thoughts, bring them under subjection of, to God, and start thinking about, you know, hey, i got to control these thoughts. i got to control these emotions. I can't let this run rampant because I can't minister. I can't do good, you know. <coughs> Excuse me. And a lot, I found out a lot of the reason why I had some of this stuff is because um, of some, some stuff that, you know, that happened in the military. I had some military experiences, and, and, and some of that, that caused a lot of it. You know, and then, then I had some, some, some relationship hurt in, in, in my first marriage and that kind of thing. And then I had some ministry things go on. And all that together causes a special, I, I believe that everybody has their own special set of stress. One of the worst things you can do is when someone says, I'm stressed, is you say, no, you're not. What, look at your, no, don't ever disrespect somebody and say, you're not stressed. Because you don't, you're not in their shoes you don't know what they're going through. You know, I, and somebody the other day told me, you know, they said, Pastor Doug, you're, you know, you, know, you, you, know you, you don't hardly look at your ever stress. I'm like, you, I, just because I got a smile on my face, you don't have a clue, you know. But, that, but you know what? But that's, that's what I do. I, I, I'm one that tries, I suppress it, and I'm going to smile for you. I'm going to love on you, this kind of stuff. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I try not to allow that to come out very often. But, but the thing is, is the worst thing you could do is to look at somebody and say, look, what, what, you, all you do is play the piano. Why are you so stressed over there for? You know, you know, you ain't even got to speak. You ain't got to sing. They're over here singing. You, why are you stressed? You know, you know, forget about all that electronic equipment you got around you that you got to keep, keep up with, right? But the thing is, is we, we can't judge somebody by, by, by looking at them unless we've been in their shoes, and we're not going to be in their shoes. And we don't know what's going on in their lives, so we got to be careful on how we do that. And we got to stop allowing past situations in our life dictate our future. we got to quit being a victim of what we went through and, and, and start saying, you know what, that did happen. That was bad. That was horrible. But you know what, I'm not going to allow that to dictate who I am today and who I'm going to be. Another thing that you can't do, and I'm like way off, I haven't even got my notes yet. Another thing that you can't do, I'm just hearing God. Um, another thing that you can't do is whenever someone tells you how bad they are, says, well, well how, about, how about my life? You know, you ever had somebody that they wanted to compare everything about how bad their situation was? And you can't, I, I, you know, I've been, I've been to people before and tried to, try to uh, you know, unload and vent. And then I'm like, okay, I'm done. I, never mind. You know what I'm saying? Let me just listen to you, you know. And so, so it happens a lot of times in our lives, you know. And I've done the same thing. I've had people come to me, and I've caught myself, and I had to stop. Because I was like, well, let me tell you about what I'm dealing with. You know, I'm like, you know what, Doug, just shut up. This is their time. This, is, this, is, this isn't about you. Did my wife just say yep? Okay. Father, I'm trying to preach a message right now. I really need your help to forget about my past so I can move into the future. Jesus, help me, Lord. I can't get over that. But I got to at least for the next about 20, 30 minutes. Okay. <clears throat> 
Okay, stress and anxiety. It, it, when, you, when you have a whole lot of stress and anxiety, does anybody feel it? It feels like, like somebody's sitting on your chest. It's just a pressure, you know, and it turns into like panic attacks and stuff like that. You know, and, and what will happen is you, what, what you'll do is you, sometimes we clam up. Sometimes we, we separate ourselves from people and society. We just want to stay at home and all that. And, and, and sometimes it causes anger and aggression. It'll cause depression and fear to settle in in your life. It'll cause panic attacks. And it'll cause you to lose your song. It'll cause you to lose your joy. You know, if you catch yourself never walking around, I, I love, I love, I love, I love, I love when I'm walking around and I'm thinking about stuff or whatever and I just begin to sing for no reason. And I don't, th I don't say, hey, I think I'm going to sing this song. I find that I just sing walking around. A song comes in. And it's so funny, so a lot of times it's some of the older Older song, older hymns that I love. It's just the same when I'm walking around. How great they are, and and some of those things, and you know, and it reaches to the highest mountain and flows to the lowest valley. His blood that gives me strength, you know. And sometimes I'll just it'll just start I'll just start singing those songs, and I love that because that's the song that God gives me. And so I'm like, okay. So then I start listening to what I'm singing. God, you put this in my spirit for me to sing without my attention being on it. So therefore, what in this song am I supposed to get from this? What are you trying to teach me right now? But I, I've seen, but people did respond to, to um, stress different ways, right? You know, like I said, some people clam up, some people stand around, some people get angry, some people get, just get total silence and stuff like that. But King David, King David was a man after God's own heart. The only person in the whole Bible that God says, this one was a man after my heart. But let me tell you what, he, what David said in Psalms 69, 1 and 2. I encourage you to go read this whole entire chapter because it's, it's a trip. Here's what David says. Save me, O God, for the floodwaters are up to my neck. You know, I've had it to hear, you know. Um, deeper and deeper, I sink into the mire. I can't, I can't get a foothold, he says. I am in deep water, and the floods overwhelm me. And if you keep on reading down, I didn't put the whole scripture here, but he starts saying, I'm exhausted. He says, my throat is parched. He says, my eyes are swollen from crying. He says, I got more enemies than hairs on my head. I mean, dude, he is up, man, he's a hot mess in the scripture. I mean, he just goes on and goes on and goes on about how bad things are in his life and the stress and, and the anxiety that he's dealing with. But then if you go down to the very big, at the very end, he's like, but bless the Lord, oh, my soul. And he's like, hallelujah, that God is my refuge. It's amazing how he did that, but what, he went through the process, and he did the right things, and he got his mind in check, and he realized where he was at and who's, who he served, and he went back. That's why he's a man after God's own heart, because he knows that, you know what? He's going to, God's saying, this guy trusts me. This guy knows the deal. Yes, he's, gonna, he's human. Yes, he's going to get upset and frustrated and go through all these situations, but at the same time, he knows how to get back where I'm at right sometimes we get so frustrated we get so far away from God because we're we're self-focused inward focused and we're over here and God's like I'm the only one that can help you and you're you're separating yourself from me so he but da but David was doing that so I just say that whenever you get in these situations you know stop running around and 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 stand just stand still and chill don't do anything stupid or drastic Right? How many people know that whenever you get anxious and you get stressed, we do stupid stuff sometimes. We say things we don't mean. We act in ways we shouldn't act. We, 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 we react in ways we shouldn't react to things. And stress and anxiety will make you act a way that is outside of your character. But the problem with that is the fact that other people see that side of your character and think, that's oh, that's who they are. 
when that was just that, that stress and anxiety that made you feel that way, and that's really not who you are, but it was in there and it came out, so it's something that you need to deal with. I need to deal with. We need to deal with, right? Um, but because our anxiety involves our mind, we overact. What happens whenever, when, when we get, whenever we get anxious? We overact. We overeat. Okay, I'm a stress eater, right? Whenever I get stressful, I'm just, I just want to eat a bag of chips, the whole bag of chips, all right? A big bag of Doritos. Um, and, you know, I, we overthink. We, over, we, get, we get aggressive. We get um, easily offended. Whenever you get stressed and, and you're anxious, man, anybody can say anything, and it just offends you. And you think they're talking about you the whole time. And sometimes it has nothing to do with you. Okay? And we speak out of anxious doubt rather than godly faith. Um, and we feel like just running away from it all. Whenever you get anxious and, and fearful and, and stressed, you want to run away from your calling. You want to run away from God. You want to run away from your spouse. You want to run away from your kids. You want to run away from your job. Sometimes it gets so bad, you just want to say, Cow God, take me away. Right? You know, but we got to guard ourselves from anything rash or irresponsible. When we feel that way, we got to recognize I am stressed and I am anxious. And if I'm not careful, I can jack a lot of stuff up right now. You know, and we have to grab ourselves and grab our thoughts and say, you know what? Okay, cool. <sighs> Breathe. And I'm not going to react the way that I shouldn't have. Okay? Now, I'm speaking up here in authority. Okay? But, but don't get me wrong. I have badly reacted. I have, I have already... God's already preached this message to me this week a lot, over and over. He reminded me of a lot of times that I reacted the wrong way and did the wrong things and, that, and, and overreacted, overthunk and all this kind of stuff. You know, and, and so I was like, oh, okay, God, you have to bring all that up. I got, it, I got it after the first little scenario you showed me. You know, but okay, I get it. You know, you're trying to show me that I'm stupid too. But sometimes just avoid, whenever you're stressed and you're anxious, sometimes just avoiding stupid for that day is good. That's a win. I just didn't do anything stupid. Because you know what I'm saying? We get so anxious, you know, that, that it's just like uh, you're, just, you're, just, you're like a, a teapot kettle that's ready to blow, right? And so you're just trying to, to maintain your bearing and, and not, not act out. But see, things, sometimes things don't change, and the reason they don't change is because we don't change it because we like it the way it is. Sometimes li people like offense. Some people, people like to be stressed and anxious because they don't know how to live in peace. You ever thought about that? Some people live in anxiety and fear and stress because they don't know how to live in peace. And when they get into a peaceful situation, they feel, this is weird, I don't, you know, and all of a sudden they even create anxious and anxiety moments within themselves. They self-destruct themselves and it causes them to, to fall back into anxiety, fear, and stress. So, I want to give you 10 quick things on how to fix this. Number one, fix your focus. Y'all have heard me over and over and over and over and over and over again say, what you focus on, you fuel. It's either good or bad, positive or negative, you know, um, God's voice or the enemy's voice. Whatever one you focus on is what you're going to fuel. You know, you, you're going, you, if you're mad and you focus on that, I catch myself when I do get stressed and anxious, when I catch myself just sitting there focusing on it and thinking only about that, what does that do? It makes it worse. It makes you more stressed and more anxious. But when you turn your tail to, to, to no, I don't mean it like that. When you turn your sides to, to over here and you're focusing and you're looking and you're thinking um, and, and on God and God's word and you're praying and seeking God, then you're focusing on this and this over here does not look so bad. Romans 12 and 2 tells it beautifully. Don't copy the behaviors or customs of the customs of this world but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think King James says don't be conformed to the world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind okay 
Then you will know, learn and know God's will for you, which is perfect, good, pleasing, and perfect. If you notice that, we don't have either part in either one of those things. Somebody else does it to us. Either the world conforms us, we conform to the world by accepting the way they think and the way they believe, or God transforms us by thinking the way he thinks and the way he believes. So we are subjective to somebody else in the scripture. So we got to be careful on who we let influence our mind. Is it going to be the world and the enemy and how they think and how they live and how they believe? Or is it going to be God? We don't have a, a say-so in either one of those things. God's like, either the world's going to conform you or I'm going to conform you, transform you. And it's up to you. But it says when you are transformed, it says then you will know God's will. Everybody wants to know God's will for your life. So how do, how do I know God's will for my life? One way is to, to, to be conformed, um, not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by God, renewing of our mind, thinking about God, putting God's... Put, how do, how, okay, let me, let me stop here a second. What do you mean renewing of your mind? What, what it's saying is you got a bunch of junk in our, we got a bunch of junk in our minds, right? So how do we renew our mind? We, we take the old stuff out and we put new stuff in. Okay, well, how do I take it out? Well, if you just keep pushing new stuff in, eventually the old stuff will pop out, Okay. So when we are surrendered to God, He transforms us into His way of thinking, you know. And, and so sometimes we need to we need to we need to meditate. Maybe you want to meditate on on the, on the, you know the Lord's prayer, you know. You know, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. The kingdom come, that will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And we just focus on that. Maybe it's maybe it's the twenty third Psalm, you know. You know, the, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me will lie down in green pastures. He restoreth my soul, you know. Yea, they will walk through the valley shadow of death. I mean, you're just thinking about those things. You're just focusing on those things. You know, you're focusing on a scripture, you know, and it's getting your mind off of this other stuff. Focus on something of spiritual nature that you can do, whether it's singing a song, putting on, I love to just to put on worship music. And if you start doing that and singing the songs and thinking about what you're singing, it'll take your mind off of the other thing. There's a pastor that, that has, has a, a daily confessional that he says every day and he had said this i was at a conference one time and he told us that he did this and here's what he said he said every day i get up and i say this every day i am fully forgiven and free from all shame and condemnation i act in audacious faith to change the world in my generation i have no fear or anxiety i trust in the lord with all my heart i am able to fulfill the calling of god that he's placed on my life i am fully resourced to do everything god has called me to do i have no insecurity because i see myself the way god sees me i am faithful to my spouse and a godly parent and our family is blessed i am completely whole physically mentally and emotionally i am increased in influence i am increasing in influence and favor in the kingdom of god i am enabled to walk um, in the sacrificial love of christ i i have the wisdom of the lord concerning every decision that i make i am protected from harm and evil in jesus name and he says it every day that's what he, he quotes every morning you know, that's that positive thinking. That's, getting, that's renewing your mind. You're putting positive words in there. I, I, I think I read this uh, a couple years ago to you guys and had y'all make your own um, audacious faith statements. You know, and I said, create your own and put it and say it every day. And, and hopefully some of y'all did that. So, Proverbs 4.23. This has been a, a, a scripture that God's really been, it's been, he's been dealing with me for the last couple years on. Guard your heart above all else. It determines the course of your life. Guard your heart. So we got to guard our hearts. See, you know, why, well, why, why should we guard our hearts? Well, Luke um, 6.45 says good things and evil things are produced in the heart, but, but um, what we say 
Speak comes from it. Does that, just to hear, does it, have I got? I don't have that up there, do I? But it's, um, Luke um, six forty five says, "Good things and evil things are produced in the heart, and what we say flows from it." So, what we, good and bad things happen in our heart, okay, and and are produced there, and whatever is in our heart, we speak from that, and life comes out of that, or filth and and, and vile, okay. No, that was number one. Number two. It's real simple. Exercise. And this is, like I said, it's very, very, very pragmatic. Exercise. It's, I, I listened to, I was watching some social media stuff yesterday, and there was a, a psychologist, and she said, are you stressed? It was so funny, I'm preaching on this. She said, are you stressed? Are you anxious? She says, one of the greatest things that you can do is when you do that is get out of your house. Get out of your environment. Go outside and find some green. Go out and go to the park down here. And, you know, the little Human Cray Park, or uh, it's like, I guess it's Longleaf Park now. Longleaf Park, you know, um, or the other park. I don't remember the name of that one. But you just go to one of the parks and just walk around for a few minutes. Go out in your yard if you can't do nothing else and walk around. Get, get, get that fresh air. Get the, get the beauty of nature. You know, hey, take a walk. Me and Gina have been taking a walk, um, you know, um, every afternoon. And we go together. And it's one of my favorite times of the day that I get to walk. My, well, it wasn't one of my favorite times of the day until she said that earlier. <laughs> Um, that, that you get the walk and, and you get to walk and you get to talk together and you know you're walking you're exercising and when you're exercising you're walking those endorphins move okay and it brings endorphins to your mind and it helps you deal with that anxiety and stress exercise so if you're a guy maybe you want to go to the gym if you'd rather do something like that you know whatever go out and cut your grass pick up whatever you want to do um, but start small don't try to do too much at one time and find some friends or a family member to do it with you know, exercise is so important. There's a, there's a book called Leading on Empty. Leading on Empty by Wayne Cordero. And he says, over time, little changes to your behavior can add up to a big improvement to your health and move away from depression and isolation. Research has shown that um, physical exercise is one of the best tension relievers. Nothing else, nothing eases stress more than exercise. And when appropriately carried out, it helps you to function and at peak efficiency. Just actually, just moving. You know, I, I've heard doctors tell um, uh, people who who weighed like five or six hundred pounds. They say, "What? Well, I can't exercise." They said, "Just move." What do you mean? Well, just get up out of bed and then get back in bed. You burnt calories. You know, I'm not telling you to do that. I'm talking about someone that had a lot of weight on. That was the best they could do. But you know, he just says, "Just do something. Move. Get out of bed. Get back into bed. Get in the chair. Get out of the chair. Do whatever you can do. Make have some kind of motion." Number three, pray. Philippians four. 6 and 7. This is just such a beautiful scripture, and, and I think about it all the time. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. See, every time we worry, this scripture says pray. So the moment we start worrying, that should be, God is saying, okay, hey, you're worrying. That means it's prayer time. We should immediately go to some kind of prayer and seeking God for that. It's time to pray. You know, Paul used prayer under the umbrella of petitions with thanksgiving. Prayer brings frustration sometimes, though. It's like, you ever put money in, in, a, in, a, in a Coke machine and you heard, and then nothing happened for like two seconds? And then it falls, okay? That's what happens with prayer. We, we, we put our spiritual we, our prayer is I put our spiritual money into our, our thing with God and expect something to fall out. And when it doesn't right away, we're like, I got ripped off. Really? You, think about it. How many times have you got mad at God because he didn't do something when you thought it was going to happen right away? You know, we get ripped off. But Paul, but Paul says that, that, that uh, you don't get ripped off, but that's how we feel. 
Um, Paul says, add thanks, not for the issue, but for God who takes and renews our mind. So whenever you, he says, don't worry, pray and give thanks. So you're thanking God. God, thank you for who you are. Thank you that you're helping with this. Thank you for this kind of situation. And Paul understands about guarding hearts. See, Proverbs 4 a while ago said, guard your hearts, right? So you may have, I left it on purpose like that for a reason. You know, you may say, well, how do I guard my heart? Okay, well, if it's up to us, we've got to figure out a way to guard it. But that Proverbs 4 says, guard your hearts. But what does this scripture just say? Paul tells us that instead of worrying, praying, and it says, and God will guard your heart. And your mind. You get a bonus. Scripture says, hey, you need to guard your heart. Well, God says, I will not only guard your heart, I'll guard your mind too. If you would just, instead of worrying, you'll start praying and thanking me, I'll do it for you. I'll start guarding your hearts and your minds. That way you ain't got to do the whole deal. Man, I don't know. I just, that, just, that was just so revelatory to, to when I saw that this week. You know, we had it because I'm all talking about, you know, I told you it's been on my heart about guarding your heart. And then this right here says, God says, well, look here, if you pray or you don't worry, but you pray, then I'll guard your heart and your mind. You know, I think that's amazing. But the problem is, is that we may, we may not have the peace that we need and, and, and we try to look for it in our own way when God says, if you just not, don't worry and pray and let me help you, I will guard your hearts and minds and it will work for your good. Number four, number four very simple, be honest. The moment you look at God and say, God, I'm dealing with anxiety right now and I need your help, there will be something that begins to break in you. So, so many of us don't want to tell nobody or nothing and we just hold it in and maybe we tell other people but when you, t look, when you look at God and say God I need your help I'm not going to worry I'm going to pray about this I need your help He will help you don't, when, whenever you're worried it's not the time to be general with God you need to be very specific God this right here is what I'm dealing with and I need your help number five lean into friends that you can trust you can't trust everybody you can't trust all your friends but you need to find some friends that mind your business Okay, you need a couple friends that will mind your business. You know, and what, what, do you, what do you mean? Well, you know, we're always telling people, hey, mind your business, right? Mind your business. But we, won't, we need people to mind our business. We need a couple friends that will come around and say, hey, what's wrong? What's going on in your life? I see you're stressed. I see you're anxious. You know, you know, you know um, in the past several weeks, I've had a couple people that called me and said, hey, God just laid you on my heart, Pastor. I just want to tell you. I was like, man, praise God. That's so encouraging, right? Um, and so it says, Proverbs 17, 17 says, a friend is loyal and a brother is born in time of need of adversity. You know, the thing is, is that we got to say a friend is loyal. And, and during adversity, you'll find out who your true friends are. You'll find out who has your back whenever you go through trials and tribulations. Everybody's got friends. But whenever your back's against a wall, you'll find out who really is your friend. You know, and those posers, you would say. You know, those people. And matter of fact, you'll find out that you had friends that you didn't know that were really good friends. I've had times in my life that, that I went through things and somebody would rise up that I felt was an acquaintance and that was a friend, but I didn't feel super close to them. But, but during the time of my adversity, they rose up and showed themselves to be a true loyal friend. And then all of a sudden bonding took place and then we became super close friends from that point on. You know, so during those times of tribulations, you know, you, you'll find that, that, that you'll have that. Sometimes it's the people that you had no idea who was your friend that will rise up and be your friends, and you will bond with them. So be careful who you have as your friends and who you talk to and who, who you say has your back because you never know. You think people have your back, but then all of a sudden you find out they don't, right? Um, number six, get some rest. Jesus took naps. Be like Jesus. Craig, Craig's, amen. You know, 
We, we, we were never more vulnerable to depression than whenever we are tired and exhausted, fatigued, and worn out. You know, even Jesus felt this at times. Jesus, in Mark chapter 6, 31, then Jesus said, let's go off to ourselves to a quiet place and rest a while. He said this because there were so many people coming and going that Jesus and his apostles didn't even have time to eat. He's like, guys, we got to get away. We got to get away and we got to get some rest. I mean, they're going to wear us out because everybody wanted healing. Everybody wanted help. Everybody wanted wholeness. And man, they would just keep coming. They would just line up for miles and miles and want Jesus and the disciples to help them. And Jesus is like, guys, we got to get out of here. We got to go get some, I got to get some rest. And so that's what he did. He went, you know, Psalms 46 and 10. Be still and know that I am God. It's time sometimes that you just got to be still and rest. You know, my dad, whenever I was younger, I was kind of hyperactive. You know, when dad was trying to talk to me, and I was, you know, just you know, talking around the room, just doing things, and talking, daddy was talking to me. And dad would say, son, be still so I can talk to you. Be still so I can talk. I can't, I can't, pay, I can't talk to you when you're just running all around. Same way with God, our Heavenly Father. He's like, be, will you be still? I can't talk to you and you can't focus on me if you're running around a room like your head, chicken with your head cut off, right? Number seven. I'll move through this quickly for you. Create margin in your life. We need margin in our life. If you're like me, you, you don't naturally have an easy, simple life. You don't lead a simple life, right? You know, you may feel a strong sense of responsibility about your family and your friends and your church and all this kind of stuff and everybody you invest in. You, you know, you want everything to be done with excellence and you don't want to let anyone down and you want to be, you want to be a people pleaser. It's so hard for you to tell people no. And because of that, you, you don't have no margins. You know the little notebook paper we used to have the three little three rings, little circles in it three, for the three ring binder. It was a piece of paper and it had a little blue line down here on the end. Okay, that was a margin, you know, right? You know, and so what that is, that's extra room. But if you, if you go, and so if you go over the margin a little bit, you're okay, right? Then you can always come back. But if you are to the edge of the paper on both sides, and you cross the margin on both sides, you're easily going to get knocked off. You're very easily going to fall over the edge of the paper. And if you, you don't have margin in your life, and you can't say no sometimes, you can't do this right here, then what's going to happen? You're going to be on the edge, and you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna you're fall off, right? And the, the, the result is for us to be exhausted, overwhelmed, overworked, dissatisfied with life, and so on and so on. And sometimes we create our own tension in our lives, right? And we cross the margin ourselves. Um, it doesn't take too much to bump us whenever we're on the edge like that for us to fall over. But if you have... If you have margin and you get bumped, it's okay because you got the margin there to, to catch you. Having margin in our life means not being so rushed, right? Having more time, you know, having free time, having rest, you know, more opportunities to do what you want to do. You know, Jesus had boundaries, you know. Um, he didn't help everybody. At times, he said, I'm done. We're going to go home. There was people want, still wanting help. He said no. He, 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 Jesus never rushed. Did you, know, did you know that? He never rushed. People are dying, and he still ain't rushing. Jerry says, hey, my daughter's dying. Okay. Okay, let's go. Oh, somebody needs help, right? Let me, okay. Oh, a woman with issue of blood. But my, my daughter's dying. Oh, we'll get to that. We'll, we'll go. Just chill. Everything's fine. He never rushed. He was always in control. 
He, um, he didn't answer baiting questions. People came to him and asked questions and said, Hey, hey, you know, hey, why don't you, do, Harry tried to ask him, you know, why don't you show who you are? He's like, I'm not getting involved in all that. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. When Peter tried to get Jesus to, to respond with violence, we need to do this right here. Peter, Jesus is like, no, that's not, that's not how we're going to handle that. You know, the disciples wanted to, to run all the little kids away. Jesus says, no, stop. That's not, we're not going to do that either. Let all the kids come. He, he said no a lot of the time, you know. Um, and, and sometimes chaos becomes our norm. And whenever we, we don't have margin, it causes other people not to have margin. Okay, because you know, what happens is we're saying, okay, hey, you know, like, like here at the church, you know, we have, we have workers. Prior to COVID, we had plenty of greeters and ushers and people doing stuff. And because of the fact that we had COVID, a lot of people have not come back and rejoined teams. So therefore, because the, some people have not come back, or a lot of people haven't come back, now people who had margins don't have margins. And there's no wiggle room. You know, this morning, you know, Cynthia had an emergency. She had to run home. So I had to go in there and make coffee. Okay? Which is fine. I'm, I don't mind. Hey, I'll do what I got to do. I'll clean, the, I'll, clean the toilet. I'll clean toilets. I'll do it again. I, I'll flush the toilet this morning for somebody. You know, so here's the deal. <laughs> Chaos has become our, our norm, and if we're not careful, then, we, then we, can, we can get outside of our margins, and we need people to help, and we do need people to help. We do need people to, we need people with the kids. We need people to teenagers. We need people to, to, to work with the nursery and, the, and, and with the kids back there. We need people to, to help with all these events. we got a kids event coming up. You know, we, we, they can't do it by themselves. We, we got this big, huge citywide um, operation of hands and feet. We can't do it with just two or three or four people or just a leadership team, you know. We got, we got this, this meal that we're going to have ask the men to help us with. You know, we got this worship night. We don't want, on that night, we want you just to come and worship. We don't need your help. We, we, the worship team's got that. But there's a lot of stuff. We're trying to do stuff in our community, and we need you to help. So work within your margin, but don't, don't, work with, don't leave so much margin that no, other people don't have any margin. Does that make sense? Okay, number, number eight. Encourage others. How many of you have experienced a moment in your life where somebody really just touched you, they blessed you, and they made your day better, they made your life better by advice or whatever, they just did something that really meant something to you, right? How many times do you tell that person that? How many times do you tell that person, hey, man, you really, man, that, you blessed me, you helped me, you, I lo- that was awesome what you did for me. Why don't we do that? We, you know, a friend of mine says that, hey, we celebrate birthdays, and all they did is just not die for 365 days. Right? They just did, somebody just didn't die for 365 days. And we just say, happy birthday. But when somebody makes our, blesses our life and makes us happy and blesses us and does good for us and cares for us and, and calls us and encourages us, we don't say, hey, man, you mean the world to me. Right? And we got, we got to do that. And, 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 and I know I'm my best when I'm encouraging others. It's one of my main gifts. And I know if I do get down, what do, what, what, what do I need to do to help get out of my rut? I start encouraging other people. I start encouraging other people. I want to counsel with people when I'm, when I'm personally, you know, in a spiritual rut. I mean, not a spiritual rut, but a, a mental rut. Because by me helping other people, it helps encourage me. And my, boom, my, my mood begins to change. Hebrews 10, 24. Listen to this. Have you, have you ever really paid attention to the scripture? Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good, kind, good works. It says we are supposed to start thinking, how can I make somebody's life better? 
How can I make somebody that desires to, to, to do better, to, to, to show more love, to do more good works for God? How, how can I help somebody? Think, sit and think. Have you ever sit and thought, how can I make somebody's day better today? Who can I call to encourage today? And then verse 25 right after that says, And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another. And now, especially that the day is drawing near. His return is drawing near. And his return is drawing near. Number nine. Get professional help. Sometimes you've done all you know to do, and it's just beyond that, and you may be clinically depressed. It's okay to go to the doctor and get counseling, get, psycho get talk to a psychologist, get medicine, whatever. I have, I have been to counselors. I have been to, I have been to, to therapists, and I still, I still get counseling. You know, just, just, just trying to deal with stuff in my life. Um, it's very helpful. I, I, you know, those in ministry and especially pastors, if, if, if there's a pastor that don't get some kind of counseling, that don't have somebody to talk to about things, then they're probably dealing with way more than they, they should. Um, the, big, the biggest step was when I first realized, you know what, hey, where, where all this came from. Once I started getting counseling and, and I went in and, and, and got raided with the military and I found, in talking to that, that psychologist, I found out where a lot of my pain came from. A lot of the way I act is a result of this particular situation. And I was like, oh, that, that makes sense now. Now that I know, you know how I'm always telling you that you need to put a name to your pain, define your pain. You remember, I always say that to you guys. Okay, well, that's what I'm talking about. Now, when I have pain in a certain situation, and a lot of times, I can say, oh, because of the military experience I had in the military, that's where this pain's coming from. So I know that's where the pain's coming from, and I'm not thinking, oh, God, what is this? Where am I going to do it? Where's this coming from? I don't know. When you know where it's coming from, you can put a, a name to it, assign it, and then you can deal with it. And that's what we got to do. You know, and I know because of my military experience, I've had, I have some of that. I know from a lot of the, 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 uh, the, the ministry stuff I've had, the ministry abuse and different things that I've had in ministry that has really caused me to act certain ways. So I have to be careful with that, you know. And I have to, you know, I have to know where that comes from. So when, when certain, certain anxieties and fears and struggles come up in my mind, i gotta, I got to ixnay. i got to stop it, you know, and, and not allow it to go forward. And because self-discovery is powerful. And I discovered that when I don't deal with a, 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 a struggle that comes, a stress, fear, anxiety, then what happens is it be, begins to start blooming like an onion. If I leave this stress alone, another stress will come. And then another stress will come. And another stress will come. All of a sudden, you got this big blooming onion, and you are just a hot mess. And it's, 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 you feel like you're lost. That's where people get in deep depression. And you, you got to deal with it as, as, as it comes. And because if not, it's impossible to see beyond the situation that you presently have. Um, and you've got to pull back those layers. Um, the best counselor, you know, if you don't have a counselor, I can help you find one if you need one. But the best counselor, obviously, is Jesus. What's Isaiah say? Isaiah says he is the wonderful counselor, right? You know, and so when, when we, we do that, we need to go to God and he will give us our solution. Number nine, the last one, number ten. If you'll come up, last one. Surrender control. Surrender control. Remember that song? I surrender all. I surrender all, all to thee, my blessed Savior. I surrender all. You know, that's just, I love that song because, you know, it's just a song of surrender. You just, it's just an old hymn that everybody's just singing. And it's just, it's just saying, I surrender, I surrender, I surrender. And sometimes you've got to say it over and over and over and over in your head until we finally get it. We've got to focus on the things that matters and not focus on the things that we can't control. In our greatest times of crisis, you know, we, we, we realize this. 
You know, you got to surrender control. For instance, everything matters in our life, right? But, but the thing is, is like, like when I had COVID, church mattered. You know, my family mattered. My, my, you know, my friends mattered. My work mattered. Preaching mattered. Church mattered. But when I had COVID for 18 days, I could only focus on that. COVID. I was in bed for 18 days. Did it not, did things not matter anymore? Oh, yes, they mattered. But I had no control over that. So what did I have to do? I surrendered control to my family to take care of things. To, to my church leadership. Said, hey, guys, y'all got to handle this. Y'all got to take, I can't. It's important, but y'all got to handle this. Y'all got to help me. We got to surrender control to God. And then sometimes we need to surrender control to other people so other people can help you go through the process and deal with things that, that you, don't, you shouldn't have to deal with. Does it matter when you, when you surrender something to somebody or you delegate to somebody? Does that mean it's not important? No. It means it's so important that you delegated and specifically called somebody to help somebody to do something. You have to let go and let God. You may be like King Zedekiah. Don't ask me how I found this. Just this, this, this week I was looking through stuff and God showed it to me. And, and I, I, it's Jeremiah 38, 19, and 20. I don't even know if I gave it to John or not. Did I? No, okay. But I am afraid to surrender, the king said. For the Babylonians may hand me over to the Judeans um, who have defected, them, defected to them. And who knows what they will do to me? Jeremiah replied, you won't be handed over to them if you choose to obey the Lord. Your life will be spared and all will go well with you. Now, I'm not talking about that situation. I'm talking about the heart and the mind and the stress that King Zedekiah was at. He said, I'm scared to surrender because of what might happen. Okay? Jeremiah tells him, listen, if you obey God and you're walking in God's word and doing the best you can, you ain't got to worry about that. So I'm here to tell you today, surrender to God. But I'm scared of what will happen if I surrender and give it to God. You know what? You just obey God, don't worry about it, and everything's going to be okay. Psalms 55 and 22, give your burdens to the Lord. He will take care of you. That just reaffirms the scripture I just read to you. He will not permit the godly to slip and fall. Lastly, I think I got this on the screen. I believe that God can. This is something my friend says. I believe that God can. I pray that God will. And I trust him even if he chooses not to. Amen. I believe that God can. Let's say that together, can we? I believe that God can. I pray that God will. I trust him even if he chooses not to. Surrender to God today. Surrender to God. I know I went, I went a little, little long today, but I, I just I wanted, to, I wanted to share that with you, and I just wanted to teach you because I just feel like it's so big, and I want you to share this. this please share this on your Facebook page and tag people in it. You know, send it privately messages or whatever. And just Because I wanted to be able to help people, and I feel like it's a word from God, and I feel like it's something that can help people if they'll do that. And, and, and it's, 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 what I, it's, it's what I use. I use this to go by myself. And I, what kind of pastor would I be if I had an answer to a key that all y'all were dealing with and I didn't share it with you? Right? So I want you to know today, if you're dealing with stress and anxiety and fear, God is here to help you so much that I don't even want you to leave with it today. I, I want to pray, and after I pray, we can stop the, the live feed after I pray. And then if you are dealing with some anxiety and fear in your heart and you want prayer today and say, God, I mean, Pastor, I need, I need, I want you to pray for me that God will help me with this anxiety and this, this, this stress. I will do that. 
and I will believe that God will help you. You know, we have had so many people in this altar, and I don't know why it's anxiety. We've had so many people that got healed of anxiety in, the, in this altar. And, excuse me, I'm talking about that had panic attacks on a regular basis. I'm not promising you that today, but I promise you that God will begin working on that today. So I don't want to leave you today, but it's up to you. If you don't want to come and you're embarrassed, that's okay. I can pray with you another time or something else. But it's something about taking that step. And you know what? I want to say this. I don't care if you're one of my leaders. I don't care what, what it is. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're back there running sound or whatever or you. I mean, if you, if you have stress, don't hold back because, well, what will people think? You, they don't think anything right now. Nobody cares what they think because you've you got to get healed and whole and you can't minister if you can't, you know, be free yourself. Dear Heavenly Father, you're such a wonderful, gracious, and wonderful and gracious God, and I just love you so much, and I thank you, and I honor you. God, stress and anxiety is at an all-time high in America. So many things are causing it. And, and God, it seems like every day some other big, huge social issue is rising up and creating even more anxiety, stress, and fear. Other opportunities for those who weren't to be stressed and anxious. And Father, we just rebuke that in the name of Jesus. I rebuke the spirit of fear, anxiety, and stress, especially in this house and, and, and on, online. God, I take authority over that in the name of Jesus. Satan, you and your imps, go back to the dry places on this earth where you belong. In the name of God Almighty, I pray for the peace to come over us. God, we're not going to worry, we're going to pray. God, as soon as we begin to worry, I want everybody in this room that's watching this and online, everybody, God, every time we begin to worry, I want the first thought, I need to pray. And I don't care if it's a five or ten second prayer, we're going to begin praying right there, and we're going to keep a mind of prayer and keep coming to you, God, because when we, will, when we will, do not worry, but we pray, you will guard our hearts and our minds. Thank you, Father, for this. And God, I'm getting ready to pray for some people, possibly. And I pray that you use me as a conduit, God, as a vessel, to flow through, to heal. Jehovah Rapha, heal in the name of Jesus from anxiety and, and that, 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 that stress. And we thank you for that, God, in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. God bless you guys that are on, online. If there's anybody at all, nobody has to come. We can talk later if you don't want to talk now. But if anybody wants to come and wants special prayer, we, we will gather around you and we will pray for you that God can help you with this stress and this anxiety. If you want a counseling session with me, we can do that as well. But is there anybody at all that wants to come? And if not, we can just sit in His presence. Amen. Okay, you have to come right here. If I can have some, some ladies and come around and come around these ladies for me to pray with them.